Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. We've been doing this uh, starting about uh, from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 21. Back in November on 13th, I believe it was at 2 p.m., the Holy Spirit quickened to me. And I always like to start by referencing that. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just really quickened to me and said, Emma, welcome. And uh, and so quickened to me that uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 21 would be for 2021. And uh, in that scripture, it says that God, it is his intention, it is his heart that um, according to his power that's at work or is allowed to work in us, that he will do super abundantly, far over, above all, and infinitely beyond our highest imaginations, our highest prayers, our highest thoughts, our highest dreams, our highest visions, as it relates to what God wants to do in and through and for us. And so when we take that in con- into context, we go back to verse 17 and verse 18, we begin to realize that it's according to the power of understanding, the power of perception, the power of grasping, first and foremost, how much your father loves you, how much he loves you, that the width and the depth and the height of that love on the inside because everything flows it's it, everything flows from your understanding if you don't have just an absolute grasp i mean just an absolute can perceive have an absolute prophetic perception so we're talking about i've entitled these series of messages increasing the power of your perception the subtitle for tonight's message will be how to perceive and receive a prophet's reward how to perceive and receive a prophet's reward. And so, again, it's all going to be stemming from your perception of how much he wants to do this for you. And uh, and then, according to that power, he's able, he's able to do that and see that take place in our lives. So, with all of that as the backdrop, I want to go to uh, and start here tonight in Matthew chapter 10, the, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to start here uh, in verse 1 and uh, and and uh, make some comments here. And we're going to go, and then we're going to go to the end of, uh, of Matthew chapter 10. And the whole chapter is in context. And so the whole, the big, from the beginning to the end of the chapter is all one context, all one uh, this train of thought here that Jesus is speaking and trying to communicate to his disciples, which is us. And so he says here, as he gathered his disciples together, he imparted to them. And I'm believing, I'm praying, that there's going to be a, just another supernatural impartation that's going to take place by the word of the living God here tonight and by his anointing. 
He says he imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. So he imparted to his disciples. Come on, disciples are somebody who practices the disciplines of the master they're following. A disciple is a lifelong learner. A disciple is a lifelong learner. So he is imparting to these lifelong learners the authority, okay, the authority to use his power. It's one thing to have power. It's another thing to have the authority to use the power. And, uh, and so um, to literally to heal every sickness that they came in contact with and to drive out every demon that they came in contact with. Welcome, Angelina and, and Angelac. And uh, I'm not saying that right. I don't think I can read that quickly. His names pop up so quickly I can barely see them. But it says here in verse 7 that as you go, preach this message. Jesus said, I want you to preach this message. It says, heaven's kingdom. He says, declare this message that the kingdom of heaven has arrived on the earth. You must continually, you must continually not haphazardly, not every once in a while, but as the lifelong learners and followers and the ones who practice the disciplines of our master Jesus the Christ, we are asked to and literally commanded to, it's not a suggestion, to literally uh, continually bring healing to those who have incurable diseases and to those who are sick and those that are weak and make it your habit Make it a habitual habit in your life to break off demonic presence from people that you come in contact with and raise the dead back to life. Freely, you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release the power of the kingdom to others. And then he goes on to say, that when you go into a particular city and you find a particular house that will receive you, if they receive you, it says there, to release a decreed blessing of shalom over them. I just did some messages on the power, the decreed blessing of peace, and I'm not going to get into that tonight, but uh, maybe at another time I'll get into that. The power of a decreed blessing of peace over a house, over a family, over a nation, and... Uh, and so he says to do that, okay, and if they receive that decreed blessing, he says, then stay there and continue to heal every sickness, every disease, literally drive out every demonic presence, raise the dead if there's any dead there, and do it as a sign and a wonder to prove to the people that the kingdom of heaven, come on now, is already on the earth, okay? And he says, now, if the people do not receive you, if they reject you, okay, he says, take back that decreed blessing of peace. Do not let it rest on that family. Do not let it rest on that city. And then go to the very gate of the city and literally wipe the dust. Literally, as literally it says here in in, in, uh, in verse 14, if anyone doesn't receive you and listen to you and they reject you and the message that I gave you to give to them, when you leave that house and that town, 
shake the dust off your feet as a prophetic act that you will not take their defilement with you. So let me see. So he says to his disciples, go to the gate of the city, he says, and turn around to the city. And the elders sat at the gate of the city. So basically the gate, the elders who represented that city, he said, you say to those elders, he said, the only thing that we've got from you people here is the dirt that's on our shoes. And we're not even taking that with us. So we're giving back the dirt that you gave to us on our shoes. We're giving the dirt back to you and we're not taking the dirt with us. And we're not taking the defilement of your rejection with us as a prophetic act. We literally shake off. Come on now. The literally the spirit of rejection off of us so that we will not allow any kind of offenses, the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of defilement, the spirit of bitterness to literally grab a hold of our hearts so that we can go with freedom onto the next place and minister with great freedom in our spirit because we're not taking that which you tried to put on us. We refuse to take it with us. And so we want to go with freedom. Come on now into the next place. And so when we move from one season of our life to the next season of our life, it's so important that we literally do not take unfinished business with us and that we literally will literally wipe and shake the dust, the defilement, the the rejection, any kind of unforgiveness that people have tried, to, any kind of offenses. Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 that the day that we're living in, that there would be, he said, many people, many of my lovers, he says, those that love me will literally in the last days will turn their back on me and they will turn their back on their brothers and sisters because of a spirit of lawlessness and a spirit of offense that will run rampant in my church in the last days. Folks, we're living in that day, in that hour right now. And so it's so important. Listen, you cannot give what you do not have and you cannot. And so it makes it very hard to receive if something is kind of it's like a wall or a boundary that's keeping that that blessing. Come on. So unforgiveness, bitterness, defilement is a, like a blessing blocker in our lives. And so we want to make sure that that doesn't take place in our life. And so he says that. Okay, now. Now, I want you to go to the end of the chapter, Matthew chapter 10. Come on, well, this is a Bible study. We're studying the Bible. It says here now, Jesus still talking to his disciples. He says here in verse 40, whoever receives. Okay, so we just got done talking about those that receive or those who don't receive you. And now he says, now listen, whoever is willing to receive you, my disciples, he says, they are actually receiving me because I'm in you. So when you receive somebody, come on now, uh, as a messenger from God, you're actually receiving Christ because Christ is in them. So number one, whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. So he says, if they receive you, they're receiving me. And because they're receiving you, they're receiving me, and because they're receiving me, they're receiving my Father. So I want you to follow now. Pay attention now. Follow along with me. If they receive you, if they're receiving not only me, because I'm in you, and because they receive me, they're receiving now my Father who sent me. Okay? 
And then he goes on in verse 41, whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will share in a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person or a good and godly man or woman because they follow me will also share in this same reward. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of my humble disciples, I promise you this, he will not go unrewarded. So Jesus says, he uses, there's three receives here. There's three levels or three dimensions of receiving that are metaphors. And then he says, once you have got that established about the receiving, then there's something that God automatically built into us that we want to give. So now with that in context, let me go back to verse eight. He said, freely you have received all of the power of the kingdom. Then freely give all the power of the kingdom away. So here's the implication. You cannot freely give the power of the kingdom away until you have, re re have realized or perceived with revelatory understanding that you only can receive this kingdom and everything that's in the kingdom because it's free. Just want to stop and I want to let that drop into you. I know it's like, well, yeah, that may, yeah, of course, yeah. No, no. Because most, after 35 years of teaching, preaching, and pastoring and prophesying, it is, it is the sad commentary that most of the people that I've dealt with struggle with this because they struggle in a place where they're trying. And I'm going to venture out and say that I, I don't really have to really venture out too much. I'm going to say that there's going to be people and don't take much faith to, to say that. I just know from experience, it's going to be both watching this on Facebook, maybe even on the call here tonight, that still to this day, you're struggling, striving, to try to receive something that your father has already freely given to you. Listen, if you're trying to do something, to get something, when it's already been freely given to you, past tense, you need to come to a place where you are able to say, I Oh, see, when you stand before God, when you come to the throne room of grace, you have got, that's why Jesus said in Mark 11, if you want to speak to a mountain, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you must believe that you already have, past tense, received them. You, you, can't, you can't come to him and try to, with the mindset that I'm trying to get him to give me something. No doesn't work that way. As long as you have that kind of mindset and that kind of approach, you're going to be forever trying to get something. There's going to be, as long as there's stress, as long as there's a struggle between you and heaven trying to grab a hold and grasp that which has already been freely given to you, past tense by your father, 
there that is a a clue to you that there is a thief and a robber inside your temple that needs to be cast out let me say that again if there is any kind of stress any kind of struggle between you and heaven trying to get something well you i'm just i'm trying to just i'm, I'm trying to yeah, I know that we we lay hold of the promises of God, okay? But there's got to be a point, and, and, and we lay hold by faith, not by striving, not by trying to make it happen. Faith is a place of rest, resting faith. So you lay hold by faith, okay? And then you've got to learn how to rest in the fact, in the truth, in the kingdom truth, that that which you have laid hold of has already past tense been given unto you as your inheritance by your loving Father. That's why if you cannot perceive the greatness, the depth, the width, the height of this absolutely unconditional, overwhelming love of your Father, it will literally have a direct impact on the a power that's able to work in you to do the super abundantly, far over, above all, infinitely beyond that which God wants to do in and through and for you. So, so here I see Christians that have been saved for a long time, striving, trying to make things happen. And then come along some new believers, some new converts, some people that aren't even converted yet. And then they hear a promise from God or hear that God wants to do this for them. And they literally hold, grab a hold of that just like that. And boom, God begins to move on their behalf. And the question arises like, what's going on? How come they got the blessing and here I am trying to get the blessing? And there's the problem. They're in lays the problem. You're trying to get something that's already yours. And what happens here, especially in the Western world, we have become way too smart for our own britches. And it has literally caused a childlike faith to literally be robbed from us. This thing, listen, this thing really is all about simple, childlike, resting faith in your father. So you say, well, what about that scripture where it says the kingdom of God is suffering violence and the violet must take it by faith? Very good question. Let's answer that question. Go to the next chapter here in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And he says here in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, he says, from the moment John stepped onto the scene, stop. So this verse begins when John came onto the scene and started preaching under the anointing and the spirit of, of Elijah to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. So we said this particular verse here, this phrase here, this verse here begins. It was did not begin before John the Baptist showed up on the scene. It only began when John showed up on the scene. So he said, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now. What's that? Jesus is speaking until, until now when I showed up on the scene, 
and started preaching the good news of the kingdom. So he's saying, this is the context of this verse. Listen to me very carefully, folks, because so many times people have taken this verse out of context and they're still trying to apply this to today. Jesus said, until the day of John the Baptist, until now, stop, period. Until the day that I started preaching, during that time and this time that I'm talking, he says, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. The Amplified Bible says the kingdom of God has come under a violent attack. And it's those that are rising up with the with a this spirit of violence, they're seizing the kingdom. Now, when you take this verse in the in, in the actual Greek language, you read it out of the Greek, and then it's translated into the Hebrew language, okay? It literally uses the word um that is for breaking forth. It's using the the, the Hebrew word. That literally means to, the, the Hebrew word, perez, to break forth, or the God of the breakthrough. And really, so the, the prophetic picture here that Jesus is talking about, that's something that we use that phrase, especially when a woman was giving birth to a brand new child, that something was coming onto the scene that was fresh and new and did not exist beforehand. And so what Jesus is saying here, is saying here in this verse here, that between the, the day that John the Baptist began to preach and prophesy until now, there has been something that has been that is giving that is being given birth. Because John the Baptist is representing the a the end of an age of the law and the prophets. So he is the last prophet of the old covenant, okay? So he is a transitional prophet, and Jesus is a prophet, come on, not with the prophet, who represents the birthing of a brand new age, which is called the age of the spirit, the age of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so Jesus, so there's this, so Jesus is talking about the reason that there's this violence going on is that there is a breaking forth or there is a birthing of a new age. So that's why when we take a step back to verse 11 and we look we look what Jesus says here, yet, he says, yet, for I tell you this truth, throughout history there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer, okay, from the old covenant until now, Yet the least of those who now experience the heaven's kingdom realm or this new age of the spirit, the new age of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is ushering in. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospels of Jesus Christ or the good news of the kingdom is talk, all talking about the, this violent birth of the new age of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. And all the resistance that came against Jesus and all of his life and everything that's taking place. 
Come on, with the birthing, come on, with the disciples, everything. There's this violent attack until the birth of the age of the new of the new spirit. Come on now, of the age of the spirit comes forth. And he says, those that are in that age will become even greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because they will have access to everything that John the Baptist didn't have access to. The Baptist to the power of the Holy Spirit, access to the new covenant, access to the power of the blood, access to the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, access to the presence of the Holy Spirit, access to all of that. Come on now. And so we, now listen now, it says if we will receive a prophet, let me say it like this tonight. If you receive, so let's say Jesus, if you receive me, come on now. You're receiving the one who sent me, who is my father. And if you receive a prophet, who is the prophet? Jesus is the prophet. Come on now. So when you receive Jesus, he says, you're going to receive my followers or you're going to receive the sons of the prophets. So in the new covenant, the sons of the prophet are the New Testament sons and daughters of the new covenant. Like with the Old Testament, when they talked about Elijah and Elisha, and they would talk about different company of prophets and the sons of the prophets and in different cities, and they had in different cities, they had different companies, and they studied under particular prophets, okay? In the New Covenant, Jesus is our prophet. Come on now. And we are the sons of the prophet who practice, come on, the spiritual disciplines of our prophet, Jesus the Christ, who are lifelong learners, come on now, and because we are sons of the prophet, and we have the prophet living on the inside of us, and who is the righteous man? It's Jesus the Christ. Therefore, we have the righteous man living on the inside. So it's three different dimensions. If we receive, receive you, come on, receive the prophet, receive the righteous man. So really, you the prophet, the righteous man, they're all the same thing right there. All different dimensions right there. And when you receive that, come on now, and you you literally tap into the reward of the prophet. When you receive all of that as who you are. Now, I hope you're getting this tonight. Dear Lord, Holy Spirit, help us to get this tonight. You are the sons of the prophet. Come on now. And so you got to, if we're going to receive that freely, you've got to start right there. You cannot freely give this away until you realize everything that I got, I freely received it. I didn't do a thing to earn it, and I don't need to do anything to get anything from my father. I freely received that. Come on now. And now I am. Therefore, the, the reward of the prophet is my portion. Come on now. So, let me tie in now the story of, of the prophet Elijah, who went to Zarephath, and uh, and he, uh, first of all, he's, he is, uh, the Bible records that he is, <clears throat> he is one of, uh, he is a prophet that comes literally, um, from Gilead, he's one of the settlers from Gilead, and he is from the tribe of Issachar. 
Number one, if you receive a prophet who is a prophet in the name of a prophet, that's how it reads in the original, really not in the name of a prophet. If you receive a prophet who is a real prophet, and let me just say this, there's a whole lot of stuff going on today that's coming under the guise of the prophetic function that uh, this really isn't prophetic at all. And I can I just say this, that uh, if you want to say, thus saith the Lord, you better make sure that it's really from the Lord. Because mm -hmm. we got a whole lot of stuff that's coming forth as thus saith the Lord, and it really isn't from the Lord. And uh, and so, let me just say this. If you really got a word from the Lord, you don't need to even preface it with thus saith the Lord. If it's really a genuine prophetic word from God, those that are who are followers of Christ will be able to discern that and recognize that and know that 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 bell is ringing true and there's an anointing upon that and it will produce results and so it's so important that we, we really so if we receive a prophet who is a true prophet he says you will receive the prophet's reward now let me just say this let me just clarify this the prophet's reward is not just simply receiving a word from a prophet now, listen carefully to me now. The prophet's reward is not just simply, that's just a small aspect of the prophet's reward, a very small aspect of the prophet's reward, than receiving a word from a prophet. The prophet's reward is, and I'm going to show you this over the next few weeks, is, is that you get to see from the same state that the prophet gets to see, and you get to operate from the realm the same realm that the prophet gets to operate from. Let me say that again. The prophet's reward. Come on now, we are sons of the prophet. If you receive the prophet, come on now, who is the true prophet? Come on, when you receive the righteous man, when you receive the prophet Jesus Christ, come on now, or you receive someone who's coming in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has the prophet on the inside of them, who has the righteous man, we're all functioning as one, and you receive them, come on now, in the name of the Lord, right? It says there that uh, what happens is not only the reward that you're going to get when that when you are freely receiving that is that you get to see from the same state that the prophet gets to see from, and you get to function from the same realm that the prophet gets to function from. I'm not talking about you get to operate from the office of a prophet, but you can function in the prophetic as a son of the prophet. God in this last day is trying to raise up a company of believers. Come on now, sons of the prophets who understand the reward that they can get when you begin to. And what prophets can do is they just not only see the world that's in front of their eyes. Come on now. Let's say that my hand is the world in front of my eyes. But a prophet has the ability to see the world that's behind the world that's in front of my eyes. So the world that's in front of my eyes, I can see or perceive all of the circumstances that make up the world that's in front of my eyes. But then I can perceive and see everything. Come on now that's behind that world, that's influencing and controlling the circumstances that make up that which I do see with 
the, that in the, in the world that's in front of my eyes. So the prophet only not only sees the world in front, but he sees the world behind. And the, the prophet's reward is that you as a son of the prophet, come on now, as a daughter of the prophet, you get to have the ability to perceive not only what's happening right here, but what's happening behind here. Come on now. And that literally is given as, as you receive, come on now, the prophet, you get to receive the reward from the prophet, which is his anointing, his ability to perceive is literally imparted to you when you receive his word. Oh, dear Lord. Let me say that again. When you receive his word, there is a supernatural impartation that is inside the word. Come on now. That will literally open up. Come on. Your spiritual perception for you to now begin to see what's happening behind what's happening in front of you. Come on now. And that is the gift of the reward that God wants to grace his sons and daughters with. And it's open and it's available to every one of us. So Elijah, come on now, comes on the scene and he is a settler from Gilead. He is from the tribe of Issachar. Now watch this now. In the, in the Bible, it talks about how that we, that they, uh, the tribe of, of, uh, of Issachar, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says this. The tribe of Issachar were people who had understanding of the times that they were living in, and they also knew what the people of God ought to do. Let me say that again. The tribe of Issachar, had, they were a tribe that had the ability to understand the times. They would have to look at in the natural realm and look at everything that was happening in front of them to the nation and understand prophetically what that was all about and be able to communicate to, to the people of God. And then they would know what to do and then they would communicate that to the people of God so that they could properly respond during that time. That's what 1 Chronicles 12, 32 says, okay? Now, um, in, in, in the book of uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 49, I believe it is, it says this, that, uh, that the, 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 the blessing of Jacob, let's watch this now, the blessing of Jacob that he prophesied over his son Issachar was this, he said, son, my son Issachar, you shall be like a donkey who has strong bones, who will lay in the midst of the sheepfold. Let me say that again. Issachar, this was the prophetic blessing that Jacob spoke over his son Issachar. Jacob had 12 sons. Each of them became one of the 12 tribes. The tribe of Issachar, this was the prophetic blessing that came on them through the words of their father, Jacob. And he said, Issachar, you shall be like a strong donkey with strong big bones that will lay down in the midst of the sheepfold. Now, what does that mean? That means this, that in that culture, the sh shepherds would literally bond with a strong donkey and then over time they would have that donkey bond with the entire sheepfold 
And once the bonding took place, that donkey would lay down in the midst of this great, huge, massive amount of sheep. And that donkey would stand guard over the sheepfold. So that when an enemy, when he heard something coming, when he saw something coming, that he would stand up, the donkey, and he would, I don't know if you've ever heard a donkey yell, but it's extremely loud. And I don't know if you've ever seen a donkey kick, but it's extremely hard. And if you ever tried to take down a donkey, good luck. It's next to impossible. And God says, the donkey shall be that which will perceive, watch, and see, and protect for that which is trying to come against my sheep, and they shall be like a watchman and have the ability to guard, protect, and if anything is stolen from the sheepfold, they will go after that sheep and bring a spirit of restoration or bring that sheep back to the sheepfold. So the modern-day prophetic function right now in the New Covenant is that one of a donkey. We are of the tribe of Issachar, the sons of the prophets, who have been given the ability, come on now, to literally stand up and to perceive that which is coming and warn all of the rest of the sheep. Let me say that again. The, come on now, the sons of the, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive the reward of the prophet, which is you get to see like the prophet. Come on now. The anointing that's on that prophet comes on you, and you get to function from the realm that that, function, that, that, that prophet functions from, which means that you become part of the tribe of Issachar. Come on now. And now you're able to understand. Listen, if you don't think that that applies to the day that we're living in, this is so relative to the hour and the day that we're living in right now, Come on now, where we need a tribe of Issachar believers who will rise up and have the spirit of perception, prophetic perception, that will stand up and guard, come on now, the, 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 the sheep of God's pasture like never before and be able with per prophetic perception, be able to see what's coming down the road. Look at the times that we're living in right now everything that's happening in our nation and be able to see the world behind. Come on now. All the world, all the circumstances that are making up the world that we see with our natural eyes, a tribe of Issachar, a tribe, come on, of donkeys that's able to see behind that. Come on now. And be able to be able to see that and then warn everybody. And then, come on now, be able to bring restoration to that which has been stolen, to that which has been lost. That's what God's looking for in these days. That's the profit of a, uh, that's the reward of a prophet right there. Not just to sit around, come on now, all of us. There is nothing more uh, powerless than sitting back and, and saying and believing and saying to yourself that everybody else's prayers are more powerful than my prayers. Come on now. The reason people believe that and they ask other people to pray for them because they, they actually believe that somebody else's power to pray is more powerful than their prayer 
Come on, and that is so false. Come on now. And so we live in a uh, in a generation, come on, a TV evangelist kind of generation where we've exalted, come on now, the, the, the apostles and the prophets in an unhealthy way. My Bible says in, the, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 21, 20 and 21, it says this, that the apostles and the prophets are there to, they are the foundation or they're on the bottom, come on now, and they are to literally lift up or raise the body of Christ up or to literally the, the fivefold ministry is to, on the bottom, lifting up the body of Christ so that they can do the works of Jesus. Come on now. So I don't see myself as an, one who functions in the apostolic ministry, the prophetic ministry, as somebody who's on top. I see myself on the bottom with the calling to lift you up. Come on now and decree and declare to you tonight. Come on, just like Elijah did. Come on now. Woo. Come on now. And I'm going to get more into because I'm almost out of time here tonight. I'm going to get more. But when, it, when Elijah came to that lady who was a widow and said, I need you to give me a cold cup of water mm -hmm. and little morsel of bread. When, she gave, when he gave the word, and I'm going to go into detail about this next week, so you don't want to miss next week's teaching. So you know, I'm going to stop here in a minute here. When she, he gave that prophetic word to that lady, go ahead and try to tell her. I know once she received, freely you have received, now freely go and give. You cannot freely give until you freely receive something. Come on now. And so she freely received the word of the Lord. And when she received the prophet's word, something was triggered on the inside of her. Come on now. And she perceived something, and she was able to see like the prophet saw, and she was able to hear like the prophet heard. And now she freely received the word, and now she's freely able to give. But you ain't, you, you'll never be able to freely give until you freely receive. Until if you're still trying to work, and that's why Luke 12, 32 says, he says, do not be afraid, my dear friends. Your loving heavenly father joyously has given you his kingdom realm with all of his promises. He has already past tense given you the kingdom with all of the promises in that. And if you're trying to still make it happen, trying to talk God into, what if, what if? You could stand up and realize that you have more power than you realize. That the greatness on the inside of you, not because of who you are, but because the righteous man, Christ Jesus, lives on the inside of you. Because the prophet of all prophets lives on the inside of you. That you have, you have greatness that's waiting to be escaped out of you. Come on now. That there's more power in you. Come on, you try to tell that lady once she received that, she began to realize that she had more power in her house than she ever knew what to do with. Come on now. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, hear the voice within my voice. There is more power in your home than you know that's in your home tonight. There's more power that's living on the inside of you. What if you came to a place where you realized that your prayers, come on, were more powerful and could bring more blessing than any multi-millionaire could ever bring to anybody else's life. Let me say that again. 
I hear the Spirit of the living God say to you tonight, he said, I need my people to rise up and to realize if they could only realize that their prayers have more power. There's more power on the inside of you. And your power, your prayers can release more blessing over people than any multi-millionaire could ever think about giving. What if you came to the place that when you came boldly to the throne room of grace, that all of heaven went silent and stood at attention to hear what the sons of the prophet had to say in the throne room of God as they brought forth, come on now, the prophetic word of God according to the covenant of God. When they're like, they say, stop. Let's hear what my son has to say, what the sons of the prophet has to say. And when you boldly declare the word of God according to the covenant of God, God begins to move on your behalf. That's what happened with Elijah. You know why Elijah could call to stop the rain? Do you know why? Watch, watch, watch now. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 8, come on now, no, no, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, if any nation, if my nation, they fall, begin to follow after false gods, God says, this is going to take place. And in Deuteronomy 28, it says that I will shut up the heavens and stop the rain from coming down. And the literally this curse will come upon you because you have re, you are literally refused to follow me. And now you're following after God. So Elijah from the tribe of Issachar, the strong donkey who has the perception, come on now, to look within the midst of the sheepfold. He sees all of the sheepfold. And he sees that in the days of peace living in, that the whole nation is following after false gods. And he knows that the covenant, come on now, the covenant, he knows that Torah says that if my people will start following after false gods, that there needs to be something that needs to take place. So Elijah, come on now, from the tribe of Issachar, knows what the covenant says in Torah. He knows that it says that the heavens need to shut up. Come on now. That he needed to execute the, 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 the judgment of the covenant. Somebody needed to execute. Now, whether it is executing the promise of the covenant or executing the judgment of the covenant, somebody still knows needs to know what the covenant says, understand what the written covenant says, and then take that in prayer to God and say, God, I am of the tribe of Issachar. I am that strong donkey. Come on, with the perception I'm in the midst. I'm looking around my nation, and I see that I'm in the midst of a nation called the United States of America that has turned its back on God that is literally following after false gods, and there is a consequence to that, and somebody needs to know the consequence according to the word of God, and they grab a hold of that and then pray that into existence so that the people of God or the nation will be driven back to God. That's what we need to happen here today. Are you listening to me? So it wasn't just Elijah literally, oh, I think I'm going to shut the heavens up. No, he understood what the written word of God, what the Torah said. He understood that it wasn't going to take place just because it was written down. It wasn't going to take place in somebody unless somebody grabbed a hold of it and prayed it into existence. And once he prayed the judgment or the consequence of the covenant before God, then God gave him the authority to execute the covenant of judgment. And that's when he preached up 
and turned off the switch and the rain stopped and the judgment came. All because, come on now, and that lady that he was sent to after it all took place, come on now, she received, come on now, the prophet, his word, his ministry, his function, come on now. And when she did that, something happened on the inside of her and she was willing to give a cold cup of water to the disciple of God. And when that took place, a miracle of power, come on now, began to happen in her house. A reward, come on now. Jesus said, I want those who give in my kingdom, they'll receive 30, 60, 100-fold, all of my disciples, a hundredfold reward in this lifetime. Yes, come on now. It's going to come with persecution, but the hundredfold re reward will come. So come on, let's receive. Come on now, the word of the Lord. Let's receive hmm, the prophet. Let's receive hmm, the righteous man. And let, come on now and realize that you're the sons of the prophet. Let's receive the reward. And go ahead and give a cup of cold water. You know what that is? Go ahead and give a word of encouragement uh, that brings refreshing, like a cold glass of water to somebody. A word of encouragement. I want to suggest to you, not suggest, I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm saying to you, those that receive this tonight and really are grabbing hold of this with revelation knowledge, that even starting tomorrow, there's going to be opportunities that are going to rise in the midst of your life where you're going to have the opportunity to give words of hope, words of courage, words of strength, words of encouragement that will be like a cold glass of water that brings refreshment. And when you do that, get ready. In the midst of all the shaking that's taking place, I want to declare to you tonight that the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. Come on. Something good is on its way to your house tonight. A season of change is in the midst right now. You're stepping into a season of change. I'm prophetically speaking here tonight. Come on now. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to explore this until, come on now, <clears throat> You come into a brand new confidence that you are receiving the prophet's reward, a hundredfold blessing. Come on, it's coming to your house. Mm. The best is yet to come. The best is on its way to your house tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.